Hi there, welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we give you three, four, we probably have more today, stories that are fun and in the news, give you something fun about the library and send you on your way in about 20 minutes. How many Diet Cokes, I'm a Diet Pepsi person, how many of those do you drink in a single day? Eh, you might be interested to know you can get away with quite a lot of them. But first, Soriani, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So tell everybody, you're one of our Creation Station interns, and you're out at the Southwest Regional Library, right? Yes. So what are you guys doing out there for summer projects? So we're making a bunch of videos about band, different banned books and like educating people on like why they shouldn't be banned, why they are banned, and just like overall spreading awareness. Good. That sounds, I, we could definitely use that, you know, mm -hmm. getting people out there aware of what's available and why it's available because we all need to learn something different and new. And speaking of new, this is just from yesterday's mm -hmm. news. Um, we talk about AI a lot. You've, have you been using like mid journey or any of the AI art stuff? Uh, yeah. So, oh, and also what other languages do you speak? I only speak English. See, yeah, same here. I, I, I cannot. I, my wife's sp full Spanish, Puerto Rican. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. Obviously need to make sure that everybody can actually use it. Mm -hmm. And so Adobe, <clears throat> which uses uh, their thing is called Firefly. It's an AI art generator. They just announced yesterday that they have added 100 new languages to the list of things you can speak to their AI in and work with to create your images and ideas. Wow. Did you get a chance? Did you see that? I know it was buried way down to that bottom story. Did you see all the different languages that are in there? No. I didn't well, see all of them. But. The weird one and the one I wanted to kind of bring this up was I'm like, I don't care what language you speak. I'm pretty sure you don't know Klingon. No. And they actually went through and made Klingon an ability to use Klingon, type out Klingon language into their generator to come up with images and stuff. Wow. So it's kind of a funny thing. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, Firefly, which is part of the Adobe Creative Cloud suite mm -hmm. now that anybody can come in and do. And you can download this app and try out all these different experiences. Uh, yeah. The big thing that Adobe gives you is that they claim everything in that they've been trained on. They own the copyright to. So unlike scraping a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you using uh, MidJourney for any of the video stuff that you talked about? No, not for the video stuff. We're just like recording our own clips and just editing okay. them. Yeah. Cool, cool. And what kind of stuff have you mm -hmm. done in Midjourney? Um, honestly, I just like used it to create pictures of like my dog and use it as wallpaper. Nice. See, that works. Did now mm -hmm. what kind of how close to the prompts did it give you or did you just give it the picture of the dog? Um, at first I typed in like my dog's name to try and mm -hmm. see like how accurate it was and it wasn't that accurate. So then I used the picture and it was really pretty. So that okay, was my cool. lock screen for like see? a month. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. And see, that's, those are the kinds of things that it makes a lot of sense for, because that's something that you couldn't get anybody else to do easily and quickly for you. And yeah. you're going to use it and not, and then not use it again for any time. So it's not like you're doing anything with 
taking somebody else's job away because I don't think there's any real artists out there that are custom drawing dogs Yeah, just for that. Um, but one of the other stories that came up that hit me a little harder and uh, on this one was because it actually was talked about in an economics show. So NASA has built the Janus, uh, Janus um, asteroid probes. There's two of them. That, uh, the Janus probes are supposed to go out to an asteroid and uh, do some really good research on detecting those things. We've talked about it on the show a couple of months ago. We uh, did some visits uh, to an asteroid already, and the European Space Agency has visited one. And they're going to leave these two satellites on the ground because they can't launch them. $50 million in. What do you think? Did you understand why they have to do this? I didn't understand like why they couldn't launch it, but like I just understood that they had a lot of money to make it and it just like never happened. Yeah. And basically what happened was they mm -hmm. they were able to make the satellites. They're mm -hmm. able to make these designed uh all the science behind them seems to be working right. The communications protocol, which is really important, that was brand new for these two plus another uh uh, Psyche, which is the uh, other one that is going out to an asteroid, is all working well, except for the fact of COVID-19 <laughs> delayed the rocket launches. Oh. And everything in the solar system is moving. It's not like everything stays, nothing stays stable, nothing sits in one space. And so as the asteroids are circling, you know, they're going around the um they're orbiting the sun but as mm -hmm. they're orbiting and the earth is orbiting too there's two different times and now that we don't have a rocket that can get these out there to that ask to that particular section of the asteroid belt for another decade or two oh wow because it's going to be on the opposite side of the sun from us as we're going through because it got delayed by all these other things. So they're going to try and repurpose them and see what they can do. But right now they're just going to be locked up in storage. And the reason this story caught my eye was it was like, yeah, well, this is what happens. You, you mm -hmm. plan these things way, way in advance and launch so that you can get to that spot at the right time. And then it's like, well, sorry, nope. If we miss the launch window, we miss the launch window. That's that's you know trying to go to Mars. It's multiple years sometimes to get to Mars instead of months because of where they are in the solar system compared to Earth. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then now, did you pay attention to Artemis at all when it launched last year? Yeah. Did you like that one? Yeah, I did. My are, are teacher, you yeah, tell me, tell me. Like my teacher was super into um, science and stuff. So like the whole like quarter, she just had us researching, doing little projects. It was really nice. Excellent. And that's, that's one of the things that is happening here. One of the good things about this, mm -hmm. the moon is staying where it is. We know where the moon's going to be. The moon's only going to be three days away at the most for, yeah. for the most part. So there are three more lunar, a minimum of three more coming up between now and the end of the year. Mm 
So over the next six months, you're going to hear us talk about this on the show. And mm -hmm. uh, as always, the all of the stories are in the show notes. So you can go follow up on these yourself and double check to see where the um, actual uh, launch dates are. I'll try and hit them for you really quickly here. Okay. In July, the Indian Space Agency from India, they are going to be hitting the lunar surface, we hope. Yeah. Um, and the reason we wanted to bring – the reason for this story, even though we normally talk about stuff that is like just happened, this is happening tomorrow morning. We record this on a Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, tomorrow on the 14th. This is supposed to go up and launch, and we really hope it does. Because that would be significant to get another country involved with exploring the moon. Yeah. How many do you think are up there right now? How many people do you think have hit the moon so far? I don't know. Just the United States, Russia, and China. Wow. That's it. Japan almost made it and then crashed just mm -hmm. earlier this year. Russia has another one launching in August. Mm -hmm. And then the Japanese space agency is going to launch another one in August also. So we have a couple of more tries before the end of summer comes up. So by the time you're back in school, mm -hmm. in theory, three more tries to land on the moon. Wow. I think it would be like so much more easier if like everybody would just work together instead of constantly competing. Huh. Gee, what about that? Huh? That wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's why the European space agency made it to the asteroids and nobody else has, because they put together a nice little uh, package that went out there. You know, all the, all the 32 countries working together. Yeah. There is one more that's going up by uh, from NASA also that might or might not make it up there. The IM one. But that mm -hmm. is not a, an official slated, it's third quarter, which technically the third quarter expires at the end of August and they don't have an exact date yet. So we don't know. Um, but the reason that one's really important is that is the one to go check for ice on the South Pole of the moon. And oh. if, yeah. So tell me, why do you think that one's important? Because like, any sign of life is like important, especially not on earth. Yeah. And they need the ice to uh, build oxygen and rocket fuel as you break down water, you know, H2O. Mm -hmm. So you've got that hydrogen that you can then use as rocket fuel and you've got your oxygen that you can then breathe. So it's a pretty important thing to be able to get in there and do that. Um, if we can find good sources of ice on the moon or short, just under the surface, which we think might, maybe, I we don't know. Got to get there and test it, right? Yeah. This is one of the, this is the, the image of the machine that's going. And then next year, we still have one, two more going, but those are not anytime, there's an automatics in plan, but three in the next two months. Mm -hmm. So not so bad. Yeah. Would you want to drive around to one of these, though? Uh, no. It yeah. looks cool, but I don't know if I'd be comfortable in it. It's so if you can't see the image that we got up on the screen, I'll make it a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. So here is the new Artemis vehicle. 
not Artemis for the moon, but Artemis for Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Driving around here in Florida, they have new electric vans that are, they've got three of these now, uh-huh. that are there intended for the staff, for the astronauts to be driven around on the base and to be able to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That, it just, I drive an electric car, but this still feels a little weird to me, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. But it's it was delivered. It was like new vehicle delivered for NASA. I'm like, oh, really? Let's go take a look at this. Oh, let's go see for Artemis. Oh, no, it's not the new lander. This is not. I was really hoping this was the one that was going to go into the moon. Uh-huh. But we'll see if they reveal that one next. Then I've got my, here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. How much diet soda do you drink? Not a lot. My mom doesn't allow soda. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you use any kind of artificial sweeteners in your stuff? No, but my grandma does because she has diabetes, but they're like really unhealthy. They're worse than actual sugars. Yeah, it can be. That's one of those things about this study. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell me when you saw, when you see a headline like this, or when you see a study like this, tell me, what do you think? What, what, what goes through your mind? Well, they're telling us to not freak out, which means we probably should. (laughs) And then they like drop a word that I don't know what it means. So it it makes me want to read. And so, and which word? The aspartame? Or yeah. What? Yeah. Aspartame. Okay. So this is a question. This is a thing between the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which is for the United States, mm-hmm. and Jeff, JECFA, J-E-C-F-A, which is a joint F-A-O slash W-H-O, World Health Organization, Expert Committee on Food Additives. So the point of this and why we wanted to bring it up is because there were two different news stories that I saw this week on aspartame is dangerous. They're going to classify it as a carcinogen. And and it was like, yes, it's going to be one of these two organizations is going to classify it like that because it is something that in any um, in if you take enough of it, it becomes uh, carcinogen, just like many other things do in the world. Um, but part of the problem, and this is a good long article to read and get into these things, uh, at, for 40 milligrams per kilogram of weight is the allowable safe level of using these. Meaning if you're at that level or below, it's not a carcinogen that you have to worry about. It's if you start taking it over that level. So you would need to drink 17 cans of Diet Coke a day. And you would still not be in the danger level. You'd probably be in the danger level <laughs> yeah. for, for other things. So yeah. Your life is really needs to be looked at if you're doing 17 cans of Diet Coke a day. Um. But even at that high of a level, you're still not at a carcinogen level. Wow. Yeah, I know. Makes me feel, I I do Diet Pepsi. I have my one Diet Pepsi in the morning because I don't like coffee. So that's Mm -hmm. my caffeine fix in the mornings. And I do the Diet Pepsi because I think the sugar stuff just is too sweet for me. Yeah. The the standard regular ones. Um, And I've just been drinking it for decades and decades. So I don't. 
Yeah. So what do you do for sweetener then? If you don't, are you just going on straight sugar or what are you doing? Do you like, drink coffee? No. Okay. I drink okay. tea. Tea is good. Okay, great. Yeah. Do you put sugar in your tea or? I use agave nectar. Okay. Nice. Nice. Agave is nice. I like that. Mm -hmm. I usually just go straight lemon, but I, I, huh. <laughs> I have to try the agave. That, that could be something. Yeah. Or honey. I've done honey. honey in a couple of things. We try and use honey as a sweetener when we're baking oh. instead of doing um, so much refined sugars, mm -hmm. but still. So what? So you're using just like agave when you're doing that? Do you do any yeah. baking for sugar, using sugar or stuff? Yeah, I use sugar when I'm baking. Just regular sugar? You're not going with the artificial and you're not going with the... No, yeah, just regular sugar. Okay, okay. See, and I think that this is one of those things where we're trying to get people to think about what they're consuming and what you're, and that's, that's the whole point, isn't it? Think mm -hmm. about what you're trying to take into your body. Think yeah. about what you're doing makes good sense. And then don't get freaked out by a headline like this mm -hmm. and actually go in and read and do, because there's a lot in there yeah. that gets so much. And then you look, you look like you're about to say something there. Oh, no. Um, I was just about to yawn. I'm just really okay, tired okay, today. Okay. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you think you're boring no, me. No, 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 not at all. Um, one of the other things for this, though, was there's, these are two different organizations. The FDA actually rates what is safe levels of things, and the other one takes in just public comments. So uh, Jeffka, Jeff, Jeffa, um takes in all sorts of public comments and things and just says yes or no. Mm -hmm. So under DEFCA, there's actually nothing that is not a carcinogen. Oh. Celery is because it's just listed as level unknown. Like we don't know how much you have to have before it becomes a carcinogen. So they just list it as unknown rather than saying it is. Yeah. I, I kind of think that there are certain safe things in the world that mm -hmm. is more the preparation of how, you know, looking at pesticides and stuff rather than the actual what it is, what the actual item is. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Our final story for the day is Jurassic Park. Oh. In a way, in a way, this is Jurassic Park. So mm -hmm. we know why it was called Jurassic, why the movies and books Jurassic Park, right? Yes. Okay. So each of these different epochs of time that the earth has gone through, mm -hmm. there's the Cretaceous, there's the Jurassic. Um, we are currently living in, um, excuse me, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce it, or the Holocene era. And most scientists believe that we are moving into a new era. Mm -hmm. um, and it is going to be called the Anthropocene era, which means uh, created by man. Oh. So this era that we're about to move into gives us the first era that was worked on by uh, uh, or, uh, where the earth was changed by the population that was on it. Mm -hmm. Even the dinosaurs did not do enough. You know, there were billions and billions of dinosaurs on the planet. They didn't change the atmosphere or things like we have been changing. Yeah. So 
this one lake uh, that's in Canada, uh, just uh, in Toronto. It's in Ontario. It's just north of Toronto. Mm -hmm. It is one of 11 different sites where they have gone through and determined what is at different levels of age going backwards. And the reason that this lake is very useful, it's easier to get to. It's one of the <laughs> deepest lakes in the world. And you can detect very easily where plutonium is. Oh. Now, did you read and see why is it important for pl plutonium? Take a guess. <laughs> Take a guess. Why, why do you think it's important to know where the plutonium layer is? So, like... So people don't like get hurt or anything. Right. No, very close. Prior mm -hmm. to that time. That means if you've got plutonium at this level prior mm -hmm. to that time, we didn't have nuclear weapons. There wasn't, there's not plutonium just doesn't exist like that in the world as a simple, easy layer to do. So it's a great marker to say, oh. here is where we are and here's where we start doing plastics and here's where we do this stuff. So now it is a question of getting more markers so the proposal that's up for debate is 1950 to 1954 of mm -hmm. picking. So sometime in the 1950s will be the mark of the era. Wow. So it's like a physical timeline. That's really Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last one would be as lasted just under 12,000 years. Mm -hmm. And this new one's we're now 60, 70, the 50s. So we're almost 70 years in to a new era right now. Wow. So you're, you have been born at the very beginning and you will see how this changes and everything for you. Mm -hmm. Scary? A little, yeah, but it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, we're, and we'll, we'll see how this goes. So or this is gonna be one of those stories that's gonna come up again in a few months as mm -hmm. more conferences talk about this and establish what and when are we doing these things. So it's gonna be really fun. And thank you, Soriana, for being here with us today. Um, you're going to be out there at Southwest Regional for another two months. Yeah. Month and a half you guys are out there doing this. And then, of course, you're still going to be back at the library. It's not yeah, like you're Yeah. So we'll do this. I better throw, oh, oh, and now we're getting too late into the thing. Let me throw up our final stream here. <laughs> if there is a library or librarian or a volunteer, someone you want to see featured on the show, reach out to us. Creation mm -hmm. Station at Broward.org. We'll see everybody next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.